Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host. I can't believe it is already halfway through April. Super fast. I'm excited for some trips and things I have coming up. I'm going to Paris and Milan uh, for kind of a short visit. Fortunately, I don't have to spend too much time traveling like when I go to Europe anymore because now that I live in New York, it's a shorter flight compared to flying from California where I used to live. Um, but it was definitely on kind of my list, you know, to, to do post Rona and uh, once things were a little bit calmer and also just once I felt like I could take a little bit of a breather from work and, and some things, although for transparency, I'll still be, you know, on my laptop and cafes and all that while on my trip, but not for the whole day as I usually would um, when I'm in New York. So I'm excited to catch some people in Paris and Milan, uh, those I've connected with both on social media, which is something I do, uh, you know, with fellow bloggers and entrepreneurs, things like that, but also uh, mutual friends of mine. So really excited for that. But today's episode is about self-awareness and why it's attractive. As you can tell from the title, this topic came to mind a few weeks ago because of some personal life events that I have been working through and I realized through my own self-awareness and self-reflection that there is still something that I could continuously be improving on, which not that I wasn't prior to certain things happening, but it was kind of like a reinforcement of, oh, you should really, you know, pause and take a look into why you're reacting a certain way. Why do you think about things in a certain way? What's holding you back from communicating X, Y, and Z, so forth. And I feel like the topic of self-awareness isn't as emphasized uh, to the younger crowd as much. And I know a lot of you guys who are listening, you're either in college or already graduated and maybe probably early mid-20s like myself. And so I emphasize on this because without having self-awareness on my strengths as well as things that I could work on, I don't think I would have the same level of confidence as I do today because that's the thing. When you are aware of what you're great at and some of your you know, assets that could be physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, but also when you are aware of some of the shit that you need to work on, when people call you out for it or when people say it, again, primarily more like acquaintances or strangers and not necessarily your friends because I think in friendships, people should be telling you that in a, you know, you, that should be already told to you anyways if they're a really good friend. But in terms of feedback, I find that most people take it really personally when they get it from someone not in their circle and they're kind of told, hey, you should work on this, right? But if you're already aware of it, and you make it known to yourself that this is something you're continuously and you're actively working on, it lowers the insecurity of, of the thing itself because you have acknowledged it to yourself. When someone else tells you something, 
you have a certain shit to work on, that can feel more attacking and critical, you know? But when you're doing it on yourself and you're acknowledging it, like, hey, this is where I'm at, but this is what this is one step I'm gonna do to work on it so that I can improve to be here, like, you know, whatever point from point A to point B in one month and then point B to point C, so forth. So self-awareness helps in many different aspects of your life, but especially with self-confidence and building that over time. And so with that being said, let's dive into the episode. I guess for those of you who don't know what it means, in my definition, I define self-awareness as having a deep understanding of yourself at your core. And I've heard others say this as well, but even during my process of deep reflection and a lot of personal adversity a few years ago, it occurred to me that in order to improve and get better at whatever area of my life, I have to first acknowledge the fact of the reality of what it is. So, you know, for instance, I acknowledged that I needed to work on my character and working on being more, having more integrity and just doing things the right way. This is again from many years ago. I I was around like 20 years old and I just felt like there was a lot of things that I needed to work on as well as um, my ability to be a good partner in a relationship and I guess the catalyst for this whole self-awareness thing was actually from a breakup. So um, tangent on that, it, it goes to show that even the tough things that happen in life, they actually turn out for the better. So um, even though in that moment, it was a very, very dark place for me, it was a catalyst for me to get my shit together, understand what has been a common theme in my friendships and relationships all over and what I can do to improve on that. So self-awareness isn't just being aware of what you need to work on though, it's also being aware of your strengths. And I am very mindful of not using the word weaknesses in relation to things you need to work on just because I do think that there has this, uh, there's a subconscious negative psychology around saying the word weakness and so because that trait is something you're going to work on anyways I just say well it's just a aspect or trait that I am working on and will be improving on and eventually it could become a strength of mine you know you guys I've been drinking magic mind for months now and I have to say it's freaking gold I mean it literally tastes so good that I sometimes drink it twice a day which, by the way, nothing wrong with doing so, but they do recommend only one a day. So that goes to show how much I do really love this stuff. And I did drink one before starting my workday today. So why I love Magic Mind so much is because it actually makes me feel really calm and focused. And it's also that perfect push that gets me into my flow state, which is what it's meant to do. And I'll share a few key facts and ingredients in this product. So it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee. If you drink coffee for energy and focus, I personally don't. I like to drink Magic Mind with my coffee or just after because the morning coffee and just making coffee, like I just don't want to give that up. It also helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. 
And the best part, it is all natural ingredients, including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been thinking about it for a while, I highly recommend you give this a try. It comes in a box of 15, and it's definitely the perfect amount for the month. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill, F-U-L-F-I-L-L, at magicmind.co slash fulfill. Enjoy! Another key aspect of self-awareness is that, again, in order to be aware, you have to call yourself out when you are in the wrong. This is definitely a big one for those who love to debate and love to argue and quote-unquote always be right. Only you know that tendency within yourself. And I have to say, um, I once dated someone for many years that was obsessed with debating and always being right and it's not terrible to love to debate mind you I almost went to law school and I love debating and critical thinking and having that kind of conversation with people but I will say when you quote-unquote debate or have a conversation with someone that has this intrinsic trait where they just feel the need to be right that can be really difficult to have conversations with them. And and on the flip side, if you are someone like that, it's important to be aware of that and work on catching yourself in those moments. And this was something that a partner of mine that I dated back in the day didn't really have the self-awareness on that. And it wasn't necessarily something that got in the way of the progression of our relationship, but it did hinder his ability to have self-awareness, right? And actually work on it continuously so that he could improve within our relationship, but also in other parts of his life. And that was a one of the core discrepancies between us was that I really needed a partner that was not only interested in having self-awareness and a deeper understanding of oneself, but to strive towards it. And so again, knowing in the present that it's something you need to improve on is really attractive, I would say, in many different parts, um, especially in a romantic relationship, because again, all relationships need work. That includes friendships as well and relationships with your colleagues um, in the professional side. So when people see that you are honest about yourself and willing to be honest about not only you but about others, there's an attractiveness to it because who doesn't love someone that is truthfully honest but understanding how to give and take, right? No one likes to work with someone or be with someone that thinks they're always right or is really naive to the aspects that they need to work on and with that being said too be okay with taking some quote-unquote critical feedback or critical thoughts about maybe something you need to work on again not everything someone says about you has some necessarily has truth in it but it is worth reflecting on to see if it's actually a common theme or maybe it only occurred 
in a one-time occurrence because of the specific situation or maybe that person in particular is the variable and they tend to, you know, throw off your normal presence, so to speak. So in terms of how to be self-aware, my first step is to start by being honest with yourself. So you could think about what are one to two things you did recently that you did not like or it did not reflect the character of the person you want to become. This is a very important question, one that I ask myself probably on like a quarterly or six-month basis, which sounds really nerdy, I know, but I think when you implement certain types of systems in your life or like like, like I said right there, like I'm doing something on a specific timeline, like every three to six months, it allows you to keep up with that as well, right? So it's kind of the same thing as working out. You do it four times a week, five times a week, like you do it consistently. So it becomes part of who you are. And again, I, I personally have always wanted to be continuously self-aware, not just self-aware for a certain chapter of my life, you know? So a personal example for me, kind of mentioned this earlier, but I did this from a past relationship after the first breakup during my sophomore, junior year of college. And I don't mean to be redundant if you've been a listener for many years now, but I will say I do think breakups and friendship and, and mainly personal life, I guess, um, you know, obstacles are more relatable and more frequent that forces us to be self-aware and forces us to resolve things and that instance in my life was very difficult but it created tremendous growth on my end and when we returned to dating again after like seven or eight months of not being together it was evident that I grew so much but on my partner's side he didn't and it was likely due to you know for me I had a stronger feeling of struggle which forced me on a path to work on myself. And when I say struggle, and, and I guess actually this is great because some of you guys who listen to this ep- the podcast consistently have DM'd me asking my recommendations for what to do when you're trying to focus on yourself, when you're uh, maybe feeling a little isolated or you feel like you don't have friends. That was at a time that I truly can say I had very, very little friends and those friends were also very surface level. I didn't have any close friends to call up or text to share some success or share some happy or sad stories none of that and on on the contrary my ex-partner he had that he was able to go you know he graduated from college um that year and he had gone back to where he's from and he had his family and his high school friends and was just surrounded by people and that's obviously very healthy and that's great but it also enabled him more, right? It, it, it didn't really allow him to, I think, sink into the isolated feelings as much as I had felt. So again, pros and cons to that. But my opinion has always been that when you're comfortable, you're less likely to feel the urgency to work on it. And that could, again, be anything in life. But that's why sometimes it's even better if you can actually force yourself into discomfort so a very basic but funny example is can you force yourself to turn on the shower with literally ice cold water right like super super cold water 
obviously even I don't want to do it. No one really wants to turn on the shower and for it to be super cold. We love the lukewarm water, but even test yourself. Are you willing to put yourself through the discomfort of a, let's just say one minute. Could you put yourself in cold, ice cold water for one minute or maybe 30 seconds, right? Start at 30 seconds to one minute. So the point of that is that it shows you our human tendency, obviously, to want to be comfortable and to want to not have to feel the the shittier parts of of our feelings and emotions um but when you do that to yourself when you actually force upon that discomfort in a in a positive way that forces the learning the self-awareness the growth it makes you stronger because then you realize oh I've done it before. I've been through this, right? So, you know, let's say you, for the first time you do a, a super cold shower, you do it for 30 seconds. The next time you do 45 seconds, you're going to be like, well, I did this for 30 seconds before. It's not that bad, right? It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to suck <laughs> in the moment. But then after you get out, you, you lived and you're like, all right, it wasn't that bad, right? So tangent right there, but I'm going to challenge all of you guys to try that or something very similar that could be doing a plank for no reason hold a plank for one minute when you don't feel like any anytime you don't feel like doing something that's partially discomfort in a sense mentally right so when you force yourself to do the thing you don't feel like doing that's going to help you grow and that's going to help you feel stronger and that's why at the time of, of that growth period for myself I I, I forced myself to grow. I also kind of had felt like I had no choice, even though technically I had the choices of going out to party. I was at a new university at the time, um, making new friends and everything. But I, I remember telling close friends of mine uh, from home, but back in Pennsylvania, so 3,000 miles away at the time, I was telling them that I was not allowing myself to go out and go to parties and do any of that because I knew that it was just going to be to fill the void and at the time I really wanted to get back with this partner and I just I knew that my focus at the time needed to be on myself so yeah discomfort will help you grow needless to say I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also with ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and weekly check-ins with myself. And of course, when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. (laughs) Shop the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy. 
Another situation um, I can give on like a personal example. This is actually more recent where I had a situation where I let my ego get in the way of my own character and what I actually wanted. So it was more of like the fear of, you know, XYZ was blinding me. The fear of something, even though I, I wanted it, the f- like when you want something, there's also like, there's always pros and cons to everything, right? So there was something that I wanted, but a part of it had a f- sense of fear to it. And that almost cost me a really valuable relationship. And when I shared this with a close friend, he actually, he was actually really surprised that out of all people, I did something like this. And he said it was very uncharacteristic of me, which I agree. And obviously I'm kind of being vague, but more or less, you know, I'm known to be a very direct, open person, not really uh, concerned with being vulnerable in in certain aspects and so with that trait of mine I rarely um, am indirect and I rarely kind of do um, what I would consider immature things like playing games or playing mind games on people or doing things indirectly to get a certain attention or, or get a certain result right And so it was actually surprising to me as well because it was the first time I can think of in at least like two to three years that I did something that was this indirect because typically I just, you know, communicate something to someone or I address it or I evaluate the... I guess you could say like the the information I have at hand and, and what's the reality and I just make a decision and I go forward instead of trying to like go back and forth. So I, I, basically I was a little bit at internal conflict with myself and instead of either being direct and open or just deciding I kind of went one another way more because of the ego. But of course, again, fully self-aware of that. Um, And sharing that with you guys, because again, none of us are perfect. We all have those moments. But what's most important is that when something occurs like that, you evaluate how that happened and why. So in my case, I would ask myself, how did I let my ego get in the way so strongly? And after that, I would ask myself, okay, what are things that I can do the next time to ensure I don't repeat the same mistake. So with my way of thinking, I I know when I ask certain questions for myself, it forces me to reevaluate. So whatever triggering thing helps you, think of it that way. So next time in the moment, I can force myself to think longer and, and ask a question like, is this what I want long term? What are the consequences? What are the repercussions? And when I force myself to think longer, the logic tends to kick in over the emotional reactiveness. And I think that's usually the case for most people if you start to think more than feel. So again, it just depends on the situation. But if you ever have a tendency to be too reactive and you responded to a text too quickly or you did something too suddenly but you realize you should have thought that through, the next time, figure out a way that that makes you wait 30 minutes or maybe a couple hours or maybe even a day before you respond to something or before you do something because then when you actually decide to do it most of the emotional aspects of it is probably removed and you'll be able to make a decision with more clear thinking 
Another tip I have on being self-aware is to ask close friends. And when I say ask close friends, I, I literally mean just like ask them, what is something you think I could improve on? Or what is something you see that I do frequently that maybe bothers you? And I know that sounds really weird to ask friends, but I have heard Tim Ferriss do this and other similar people. But to me, I never thought it was weird in a sense because if they're really your friend and if they're close friends of yours, they shouldn't judge you for wanting to improve yourself and they shouldn't judge you for valuing their opinion enough to ask them, right? And more importantly, if they really are a good friend, they will tell you. They will be honest with you because real good friends want you to be better and want the best for you. They don't want to just hide their face to make them feel and look better, right? And sometimes you got to nudge your friend a little bit. Sometimes you could be like, hey, I know, you know, maybe it's their first time giving feedback like that. Just nudge them because I, I did this and I was I told one of my good friends, Harry, I'm like, you know, don't worry about it. Like just I, I'm, I'm really trying to work on myself and I'm trying to be consistent with it. So if there's anything that comes to mind, like even if it seems really small, like just tell me. And so um, I did this. I remember vividly two years ago, uh, which was probably more pertinent at the time. But I had asked two of my close friends and I had asked two of my close guy friends and they told me that I could be a bit rigid sometimes. And I would attribute this to my ENTJ personality. I'm very planning and um, thinking oriented for the most part, like I'd say 60% of the time. And so from that feedback, I acknowledged it. I also agreed because I did ask them to give some like specific examples because, again, these are close friends. So they can kind of point out certain times where they're like, yeah, maybe like in this case, you could have been a little bit like more adaptable, whatever. Um, and again, it's a great thing. It's a great thing to know these things because when you meet other people as well who are not your close friends yet, they'll probably be able to see this in you as well, but they're never going to say it to your face. And it's probably going to be something that they might not like love you for, or they might be a little bit like icky about you because they're like, oh, wow, this girl's like super rigid or like super whatever. Um, whereas if you acknowledge it kind of upfront, or if you're like, hey, this is actually something I'm working on is honestly a lot more attractive because they're like, well, damn, like she knows it and she's working on it. And it's like, cool, like this is awesome, right? So what I did, I remember from like six months to a year, I, I tried to catch myself every time I was like a little too stiff or rigid because like at the time I, I was, it was very hard for me to be okay with adapting to a new plan or not being let down when plans change just because I, I, I make time for people. I prioritize important people and things in my life. And so when something or someone cancels or we have to move the time back then, oh my gosh, it was so difficult for me because I was like, you know, what the fuck? Like we made a reservation. Now we're going to be late. And if they don't take us, like what are we going to happen? You know? So anyways, fortunately it got over that a lot because nowadays um, I, I'm so happy about this too. Cause I, I remember telling my therapist this like six months ago, I was like, I used to have a big problem with this, but now I notice that it doesn't really bother me at all. In fact, it actually barely bothers me, which is a total surprise. Um, but I think a practice that one of my friends, Dave, who has been on the podcast, Dave Nash, 
he also mentioned because he's a similar personality that he just starts the day with like looking at his calendar and acknowledging that many things can go wrong and it's gonna be okay and kind of imagining like the worst case scenario this person cancels or the worst case scenario this happens i guess like when you acknowledge that the worst case scenario could happen and you kind of either create a plan b or acknowledge it to yourself that way when if and when that does happen you won't be as surprised and it won't be as much of a shock to your system again that has worked for me so if you have a similar mental obstacle to kind of combat like that is within that realm that could be helpful for you Um, but again you just got to figure out what it is that maybe you specifically need to work on and what are ways to kind of feel less of the shock to your mental and emotional state so lastly i want to break down a few points as to why self-awareness is attractive the first one i wrote down is that it shows that the person is conscious of their actions and is not just letting life happen to them in other words they want to direct their course in a way especially their own character i love this because i've done it myself and from my perspective, when someone acknowledges that they are always continuously looking to improve and, and, and they're fully aware that they're not always right and that they're not the smartest person in the room, they're not like a know-it-all, it shows that that means they're open to your opinion. It shows that they're open to new truths and to people being honest. You know, I, I certainly have... Uh, you know, I, I've had people in my life where they were extremely stubborn to acknowledge some of the just flat out objective truths about them. And they would say like, I'm always right. I've never been wrong in my life. And it's just really absurd things. And this is kind of more like um, familial experiences. And I think observing that growing up as well it made me realize that obviously I did not want to become like that but also I get to observe from afar how it makes that person less attractive and how it makes that person seem like they haven't really lived much right because if you believe that you're not meant to grow and that you're not meant to change and that you're 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 constantly right and you're constantly like you're already good as is well then it's kind of like life being stagnant but then it's just like you being stagnant you know and the thing is a joke my brother always said to me but i i uh I do think is very relevant but he always said when I when I would complain about something when I was younger or or I'd be upset about something he'd be like and the world moves on you know and he would say in a more joking way but I think that is very true to how life is today you know you can complain you can be upset you could be like this is how life is supposed to be or this is what life was like 40 50 years ago well guess what the world moves on you know and you can either stay the same or you can adapt um, or you can do a little bit of both, right? And I think it's like a give and take thing. But that's why I feel like if you as a person stay stagnant internally, at some point life will just happen to you. And another part of why it's attractive is that I do find that there's a better probability of deeper relationships and connections both on the giving 
and receiving end. And like I said earlier, I was able to observe in another person how it made them less appealing, I think, to both strangers, but also some of their friends and and their friendships are a little bit not, yeah, not surface level, but like certainly not deep um, either. And that's also because this person has uh, quite some trust issues and has a hard time trusting people and is very fear-oriented. But with being self-aware, it's like a tango in terms of giving and receiving and having deeper, better relationships, especially, especially for romantic ones. It's a good feeling to be with a partner that wants to consistently do and be better and also wants to help you on the same journey. And so this was always something that I looked for once I kind of figured this part out in my life when I was 20 and 21 years old. I realized that not only do I want this in a romantic partner, which is partially why my last relationship ended a few years ago, but also... I really want this in friendships and I believe that we should be able to cultivate that in all of our relationships in life, in work, in our friendships and in our romantic one. And that is, again, kind of the foundation of how the card game was created, why this podcast even got started was because I remember I was in ninth grade in my earth science class. I remember this vividly because I cried in class. And my teacher, his name is Mr. Cox. So this was like, I was 14 years old. And I remember he was just kind of giving a rant on happiness. And I I was at an age where I think I was watching like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I, I aspired so much to live in Los Angeles or be in Southern California. And if you follow me on Instagram and you've seen recent stories, like I'm from a very small town in Pennsylvania, 8,000 people. I I really grew up with, um, you know, not much around me, not much to stimulate me, uh, but got very lucky to, I guess, have the aspiration to get out and I was so determined to. But I, I think I had put some kind of emphasis like, oh my gosh, like if I'm there, I'll be happier, I'll be better. And this is like 14 year old me thinking all of these thoughts so 11 years ago and I remember my teacher he was like the key to happiness is not about where you are because you can be in a different environment right now in a different city and that won't change how you really feel inside because that's all external and internally the key is actually your relationships and, you know, I, I vaguely remember the details. I remember he said that the key to our happiness is meaningful relationships because the people matter the most. And fast forward to when I was 20, 21 years old, had very little friends. Once I made it a priority, to not only not settle for surface level okay friendships with not really aligned values because I felt lonely, right? Didn't want to do that. I became a lot more aware with every friendship I was getting into. You know, I feel like people don't treat friendships as much as they do the same with romantic relationships, but I've always argued that we should be putting the same kind of energy in our friendships because that depth there it goes a long way 
And also, you can't always count on having that romantic partner forever. You can't, especially at this age, you can't count on the fact that you're going to marry that person, all of that. But even if and when you do, whoever you marry in or whatever you end up doing in, in the romantic side, you need a balanced circle of relationships because there are certain things your girlfriends or your, your best guy friends will fulfill a certain need in your life that your romantic partner or certain other relationships in life can't always fulfill that. And I think that especially goes for people who find themselves super dynamic. You know, I'm kind of like a weirdo in that sense where I love to, I love nightlife. I love to go to the clubs. I love to listen to house music. That is a big dream and passion of mine. But I also love to read and I love to do really fun, quirky things and go to museums and I love to go on long walks and I love to explore and do thrill-seeking things. And and so, of course, not everyone is going to have like the same kind of dynamic as you. So you're going to have friends and relationships that serve in different areas of your life and that's really important that they all have very similar depth and connection because I don't know about you, but I'm not the type of person that can do small surface level talk or gossip about other people for no reason, you know? Um, and especially as we get older and wiser, our, our energy and our time is so precious. And so we have to be extremely aware of who we're surrounded with and how we can deepen a relationship, especially if we want to feel that closeness with others. And another thought I have about that is simply that people with lack of self-awareness can be harder to work with or be friends with um, and date, especially because they will think everything is negative and critical. I, you know, I had this experience again with um, the person I was talking about earlier, just within familial connections. Even when giving advice in a nice way or in a very non-personal way, they always seem to think it's negative or mean. I've looked at everything in life as always neutral. You are the one that decides if it's good, bad, positive, negative, sad, right? Because truth be told, a really shitty situation could could be good for one person but also bad for another if that makes sense and I don't really want to I don't really want to give specific examples but I'm sure you can recognize that there are just certain events in life that um, have this polarizing effect to it that for one person it actually serves as a good purpose and for another, it's not. But at the same time, I do believe it's the way you frame it and the way you utilize it to empower yourself in your life. And so from my experience and in my opinion, the key to being more self-aware is to recognize it's not personal. The feedback or the advice or the opinions people give you about you or just for you in general it's not personal. Take the ego out because not everything is about you. That was all for today's episode, all about self-awareness. Again, this topic was inspired from kind of recent events and just an aspect of myself that I feel like I should continue to share with you guys and encourage you to also think about and consider for yourself, especially because it's crazy. We are already halfway through April. That means four months ago was the start of the new year. As always, I feel like we're flying through the year really fast, but I always love to enjoy to pause, take time to 
think about what I want for myself, what I could do better, how I can serve others, how I can be there for other people in this life. So hope you enjoyed this topic. If you did, please be sure to share the episode on your Instagram story, tag what fulfills you and my Instagram at Emily E. Duong. You guys know I love responding to you directly, talking with you guys in the DMs. So always feel free to DM, send me an audio message, all of that. I love interacting with you guys all around the world. And if you haven't yet, rate and review the podcast on Apple and or Spotify. Thanks again for tuning in today. I will chat with you all next week. Bye.